Blog Talk Radio. Good evening. Welcome to At the Edge at Apple Futurist Salon. This is your host, Dr. Sherry Ann Turpin. Tonight is our first broadcast. The title and theme for tonight's show is At the Edge. Talking Erotic and Afrofuturism with the Rockies. Mrs. Scotty Lau is the founder and creator of Afroerotic. Erotic, provocateur, humanist, relentless champion for the oppressed, and facilitator for social change, Miss Scotty Lau is the brainchild, creative genius, and the blood sweat and tears behind Afroerotic intended to be part academic, part educational, and part sensual. And she gave birth to the website and the company to provide people with African descent a place to escape the narrow-minded, stereotypical, limiting, and oft-times degrading beliefs that abound about our sexuality. Good evening. Scotty? Good evening. How are you tonight? I'm I'm well, thank you. How are you? Oh, I'm doing wonderful. I am really glad to be here tonight. Um, I must say, your website, your work, um, is is inspiring. Um, I like what you have done to bring the conversation to the forefront with regard to collective black sexuality. Um, I really like what you have done. I have to say, I'm having just a tad bit difficulty hearing you over the music. Okay, all right, all right. Audience, this is my first, my first, my first time at the radio. And we so and we will be very patient with you. <laughs> okay, great, great. All right, so we can relax now. Okay, so okay. we've done the intro, so to speak. Got it. So, yes. somebody call you Scotty? You want me to call please, okay. please. You've been calling me Scotty for years now. Please. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's true. Okay. So, now that we've gotten that out of the way, folks, um, if you're listening, you can call in um, at 347-215-7908. That's the number to call. So, I've uh, sent out a nice little promo to everybody to let everyone know that we are on board. Um, And so, yeah, we're talking about the edge, so to speak, erotics, Afrofuturism. When I approached you about doing this interview, uh, you asked a very good question, what is Afrofuturism? And I thought it was a very fair question. Um, I, you know, as a researcher, um, you can't really pinpoint a singularity of of definitions, Um, but if you are someone who calls yourself an Afrofuturist or if you believe that what you do is a part of that particular continuum, then you believe that you are part of an ever-emerging world um, that continues to advance and change um, when it comes to expression, movement, um, technology, but you're not just a participant, you're a creator or a creatrix. And I think that for for people of the African diaspora, this is very important. 
that, you know, we as artists, um, we, you know, as innovators, we're creating possibilities for future worlds right now. Um, we're seeing the future as perpetually liminal or ever emerging. Um, there's no, um, there's no singularity of, of, of path. Um, and I think that um, a lot of people who are who are claiming to be Afrofuturists um, are not just talking about speculative fiction. They're not talking about science fiction. Not just talking about future futuristic music, although it's part of it. Um, but it's also about being much more inclusive about the ways in which um, technology has played a, a role um, in how we tend to think and act when it comes to our ideals of meeting people, um, our ideals of, about coupling um, sexuality. Um, and given your mission and your work and given the fact that you have done so much um, you know, within the within virtual space to uh, bring the conversation into the 21st century, that I think you um, you typify what I believe to be an Afrofuturist. Well, thank you so much. I'm uh, honored and flattered that you consider me so. And I've never thought of myself as an Afrofuturist didn't really have a tangible definition until the one you just sent me most recently. And I guess I would have previously defined myself as an Afro trying to keep my head above water in a racist, sexist, misogynist, societyist, um, if there is such a thing. I just saw a need that um, had to be addressed in addressing our sexuality and how we identify ourselves and how we define ourselves and how we relate to other, um, other being each other in relationships and other being the majority, uh, how society perceives us. And it is painstaking work in that there are so many stereotypes and um, unhealthy beliefs that we are holding on to. And my goal was to present us in a way that was healthy and sh created a model that showed us how to be more intimate, how to be more connected, how to be more sensual. And little did I know that that was going to be such groundbreaking work. There is a plethora of um, media uh, and technology that wants us to behave like animals, that wants us to behave like beasts and be uh, slaves to our sexuality and our lust. But I am saying that uh, our sensuality is our divine right and it is something we must work to evolve. You know, it's, it's funny. Um, I was looking today um, at the feed, at, um, at the news feed, and I saw something that just really kind of, it was, I don't know what to say about this. I don't know, did you hear about Mike Tyson and his little comment about um, giving up meat because he was giving up um, being with prostitutes and somehow he associated that? There's something disturbing about that. There's a lot about Mike Tyson that disturbs me, actually. I'm I'm not really sure what what to what what to think about it, um, but he. It, it was interesting to see how 
people reacted to him, and you know, it just it seemed to typify a lot of those. Oh, you know, well, you know, he's clownish. You know, he's been hit in the head too much. There were some people who were championing, championing him, thinking that you know he's a hero of sorts, and he and he's it, it, the way that he was discussing the ways that he had quote unquote changed his life, um, and that he was calming himself down a bit. It, it seemed to me that, in a way, he was bragging about a, a certain way of thinking about women, thinking about sexuality. And it disturbed me not just because of the way that he talked about women, but the way that he talked about himself, and the way that he talked about his own body. And I think that there's something, there's something, that, there's something very wrong with that, where, our, you know, some, where we see some of our men in our community who are part of the, the public eye who believe that in order to be masculine, in order to be viral, an extreme has to be taken, and the very unhealthy extreme, and not so much about, you know, celebrating something that's, that's, that's about healthy relationships. I don't get that from him. No, and you're not you're not going to get that from him because he is the athlete and he is super macho and he conforms to all that uh, the majority society wants him to be as a black man. He is the thug. He is the brute. He is the mandingo, as it were. And we socialize black men to ascribe to that ideal. Um, we are still treating black men as if they are the big black buck on the plantation. And so many right, black right, men right. are buying right. into it. And that is how they're yeah. defining themselves. And that's essentially why our relationships are falling apart. And that is why we don't have the level of intimacy and connection that we have because we as a culture and a society and family structures are reinforcing to black men that all they are is the penis. All they are is the number of inches that they have below the belt, that that right. is their identity. And so right. what we're doing is we're having a breakdown, and it's it's been perpetuated over the last 20 years, but with the advent of the Internet and all these different forms of technology, it's bred like wildfire. Yeah, yeah, and it, and and what what I'm concerned about is that it it when you have images like those that you know that that go viral and you know the video with him and and, and Spike Lee, um, who has seems, in my opinion at least seems to have his own issues when it comes to um, sexuality, particularly female sexuality. When you have those kinds of videos that go viral. Uh, it tends to kind of mute out all of those other voices, um, from, you know, you know, and all of those other um, opportunities to be able to um, to see and hear um, men of color, men of African descent, who have something else to say about being masculine, being um, being black men, you know, about manhood itself. There's so many different ways. You, you, it doesn't have to be just about the brute, just about the mandingo, mandingo or, or it doesn't have to be, um, you know, narrowed down to, to something um, so extreme. And, and the way I see it, um, being an Afrofuturist is about moving away from extremes. There's that extreme 
And then there's the other extreme, um, you know, being, you know, becoming completely ascetic, um, you know, um, condemning all forms of sexuality that don't conform to um, the heteronormative, um, you know, Christian marriage, um, you know, paradigm, you know, and, and, and which includes one sort of, of way of looking at, at sexuality, and it tends to be quite repressive in a way. Um, so. and, and you'll find that both extremes exist in the black community with very little uh, room for people in between. We have people who identify as freaks and hoes and um, all of these sorts of extreme sexuality. Uh, and then you have people who are so very frigid, so very uh, offended by any mention of the word sex and who uh, refuse to have any sort of healthy dialogue about it. And when, in fact, the reality is behind closed doors, everyone is having sex and everyone is having it in a way that needs to evolve and become more enlightened. And I suppose as an Afrofuturist, erotic Afrofuturist, it's become my responsibility to put the conversations on the table that tell young girls that they don't have to ascribe to be a stripper and that uh, that tells black women that they are not to sell their bodies and in exchange for a car note or rent or whatever the case may be. And or to, become a trophy wife. <laughs> right, right. Um, but there are so many wife. different uh, unhealthy <laughs> behaviors that we are harboring. Um, it, it has to be for someone to stand up and say, it's okay for men to like uh, anal penetration and not be considered homosexual. I mean, that subject in and of itself creates such drama and homophobia and such hatred and right. it, it is yeah. I mean it draws out such vile and you know animus in any conversation that we can't even get to a place where it's the 21st century a man has a prostate if it's going to be stimulated it will feel good period the end that right. should not be groundbreaking conversation but yet in fact it is so there are all sorts of levels of you know, bondage and discipline and bisexuality, transgenderism. These things need to be discussed in a healthy way, and people are polyamory. Yeah, <laughs> fighting against, yeah. I mean, there are just a myriad of topics uh, about sexuality and how we relate to each other that need to be put on the table, and we are foregoing that by saying, ew, that's nasty, or yeah, I'm a freak. Right. Let's talk a little bit about images. The first thing that I notice when I go to your website is I see these beautiful, beautiful people. Um, you know, and you have a, you know, and, and I love the, I, I love the, the, the flashing of, of, of the images. Um, and I see a variety of bodies. I don't see any one particular type of black man, black woman. I see women of all shapes and colors. I see men of all shapes and colors. Um, One of the the things that I do like about your website and why I I see you as an Afrofuturist 
just one, just just one of the reasons. I like the fact that you are you are speaking in you know in defiance and beyond defiance. You're you're breaking um, you know new ground. I see so many um, so many negative messages about black women's bodies. We we see enough about black men as you know bucks and, and what have you, but. Lately, over the last, say, couple of years, um, and maybe it's because we have a first lady who, who, who is African-American and a tall, full-figured woman, so much negativity thrown at black women just for existing, um, for having curly hair, for having brown skin, for having, um, you know, a variety of, of body shapes. Um, and you look at the magazines, and you go to, uh, to many websites, um, you see, if you see black women, they fit one particular type. You don't do that, do you? No, I don't, and I never will. I want to show everyone um, that they are beautiful and sensual. That includes dark-skinned women. That includes women who are larger. That includes women who are older. That includes women who have small breasts and don't have a big butt. Uh, women with natural hair. Uh, I can't even. I can't point to any website where you can go to and you can see a woman with nappy hair and uh, and see them in a healthy erotic light. And yet on my website, there's an abundance of images. Uh, I even have uh, images of uh, a young lady who was eight and a half months pregnant and show her in the most, oh my God, she was breathtaking. She was so gorgeous. And I was able to witness a photo shoot in which uh, she and her partner were expressing their sensuality together. So you won't find any stereotypes on, there is no perpetuation of colorism. Uh, every woman is not going to be light-skinned or Latina-looking, and uh, all the men are not going to be dark-skinned and um, mandingos. So right. you're going right. to get uh, a myriad of images. My very next photo shoot will be with a uh, young lady who is transgendered. Uh, and Honestly, I can't think of any website that shows the beauty of a transgendered woman in an intimate and sensual relationship. So it's all about really being on the cutting edge of uh, the erotic, especially black erotica that is so stereotyped and ghetto and urban and and, and, um, with very little variance. Well, it looks like we have another caller. I'm gonna I'm gonna put this caller on. I have no idea who it is, um, but I'm gonna go ahead and and, and click live. Um, and would you like to introduce yourself? My name is Thaddeus House. Hi, Thaddeus. Thaddeus. Hello, my dear. Um, How are you doing? Pretty good. Pretty good. Um, uh, Scotty, Thaddeus yes. um, is uh, is a futurist, and he is a science fiction writer. And um, he is also a part of the African diaspora, and he and I have had lots of conversations about these very topics. How are you tonight, Sadia? I'm well, my dear. How are you? Pretty good. 
So we're, we're just Hello to your guest, about, by the way. I, oh, it is a pleasure yes. to meet you. Yes. yes. So we were just talking a bit about um, bodies and, and what have you. Um, well, I kind of want to, you know, kind of want, we're, we're skipping around a little bit because this is only a 30-minute broadcast, and I know we're going to have to do another, another one of these because I'm, I'm having a great time so far. But one of the things that um, I want to kind of bring up um, is um, the idea of new ways of thinking about coupling. Um, you know, we, and this is actually something that, you know, that I've had lots of conversations with, with many people who have um, thought about opening up their relationship beyond um, monogamy. And traditionally, we, we, we tend to think that normal relationships or healthy relationships are, are always going to be with just, just with two people and whatnot. The reality of it is, is that many people really are not monogamous. They really are not able to admit it. Well, our culture doesn't promote that. Uh, <clears throat> our culture promotes the lying, cheating, stealing variety. And as a result, most people are, of course, going to be lying, cheating, and stealing because we promote that as a social norm. Why tell the truth when it's so much more exciting to lie? Why be honest when we don't promote honesty? I mean, you do have to understand that our society is promoting the mindset that people live under and the paradigms that people choose. So you can't expect people to tell the truth if they do not see people telling the truth. You certainly can't expect people to be honest in their relationships when they know nothing about being honest. So, um, Scotty and Thaddeus, what do you think about what do you think about those implications when it comes to our community, especially? Um, One of the things that I do in all of my stories is I make them about honesty. I make them about communication. I provide the role model for people to see, yes, this is about sex. This does, you know, I am going to be aroused. But the context that it's framed in is always going to be uh, being honest with your partner, sharing with your partner, opening up to them about your fantasies, um, just the intimacy that is cre- created by working towards building a future together. Right, right, right. And that's something that um, that's that's something that I struggled with. You're done, bringing um, You know, it was something that I something that I struggled with myself. Um, you know, I uh, ended well. We ended a relationship of me and uh, my, my ex. I'm not going to mention his name, but um, and it was not a monogamous relationship, at least not on his end. Um, I'm a person who prefers monogamy, but I'm very open to, um, to to being with someone who is not monogamous. What I'm interested in is honesty, communication, safety because we are living in an age of disease, unfortunately. And that was something that he couldn't deal with. Um, He couldn't deal with that, and he couldn't deal with the idea of a woman being vocal about her desires, her needs, um, about real intimacy. And I think that this is something that that continues to, um, you know, to plague our community, the idea that, well, oh, my gosh, you, you, you actually want to be sexual, you actually want to be a subject of desire. You, you're, you're actually 
open to something other than monogamy, but you want honesty. And it seems like for some people it's it's very difficult to to actually articulate needs for themselves, and moreover, they don't want you to articulate. It, it all has to be behind closed doors. Right, and sexuality is uh, still very much stereotyped into if you are a black female and you say you enjoy sex, God forbid you say you enjoy something beyond missionary sex on a Friday night, you're deemed a slut. Right, right. And, you know, in my case, because I'm also an academic, um, I mean, I advertise this show, you know, in, in, in areas where I'm quite sure, that, you know, there some folks who are like, well, why would you actually talk about sex? But I've had people ask me about that in, in, in terms of my own research. Why are you writing about sex and sexuality? And it's like, it's not, wasn't well, that that you you coined it perfectly, that it would be okay if I'm quoting a, a white female scholar talking about sexuality, but I can't articulate it. I can't, you know, be a person who says, okay, I'm going to put myself in a position of authority and, you know, and talk about and articulate and theorize. And I think that that really comes back to the idea that black people, not just black women, black men, are, are we're not supposed to be able to talk about these things. I had a conversation we're not allowed to talk about week. anything, actually. Right. I had a conversation last week about white men and their submissive desires and how that's been obscured by mainstream media, um, yet mm. every black down low DL bisexual, you know, man is demonized and made to, and we're made to believe that they are making up a huge percentage of the population, whereas white men have gotten a free pass to be all kinds of perverse and all kinds of nasty, and no one's talking about it. No one's it's because it. it's, no it's one's their culture, it. it's their right. media. They don't have to. Matter of fact, they get to decide what the norms are for all of us, whether we like it or not. They define those norms. And as a result, most people are living lives of repressed, uh, unsatisfied, unrecognized, unfulfilled desperation sexually. Most people don't talk about sex. They don't think about sex. They don't get the opportunity to consider sex. They don't even want to talk about it. Most Americans learn about sex in the backseat of somebody's car when they're fumbling on somebody they've never met and barely understand and don't even know what the hell they're doing. That's the reality of sex in America. We don't talk about it. We just engage in it and use it to sell beer and football. That's what sex is, a tool to sell beer and football. It is not about relationships. It's not about closeness. It's not about the divinity of it or the sensuality of it or the relationship or the connectivity or anything else that sex could be good for, that it is good for, we don't talk about those things because they don't sell beer or football. Sex sells cars and beer and football. It's not used to make relationships. It's not used to make people happy because if people were happy, they wouldn't go to football games. They wouldn't drink beer. So we can't have that. We repress sex as an expression. We use it as a commodity. That's the reality of it. So hell no, you can't talk about sex and be trying to make people feel good about it and make them okay with it. What are you doing? You're not going to be selling any beer. That's why they don't want you to talk about it. But on the other hand, we still have have an opportunity to intervene 
to interrupt, to subvert, which is why we have you, Thaddeus, and we have you, Scotty, doing what it is that you do as writers, um, as artists, as activists. Okay, so we really need to do this conversation again. There's no doubt about that. Um, We are coming upon um, the last minute and a half. So what I'd like you all to do right now, Scotty, could you give me a real quick plug? And then Thaddeus, give me a real quick plug, just real quick. Really quickly, afroerotic.com. It's A-F-R-O-E-R-O-T-I-K.com. It's afroerotic with a K, spelled with a K. Uh, check it out. There's tons of stuff there. My name and is Thaddeus Howes. You can read my work at hubcityblues.wordpress.com. I also have a book called Hayward's Reach. Feel free to hunt it down, buy it, and make me a happy artist. Peace. All right. So, so both of so I I I'm, I am overwhelmed with joy that this particular conversation has happened. Um, Scotty, thank you so much. Um, thank I, you for I'm the really opportunity. Hoping, yeah, and and I'm going to make sure that you have another opportunity because I want to talk a bit more in our next conversation about that website and about what you've been noticing um, because there's a lot of interesting observation um, that I've made and I know that you've made. So, um, to our audience, thank you for joining us tonight. And we will be back. And kiss and blessings. Kiss and blessings. It was a pleasure to meet you, dear. I enjoyed it. My I'll pleasure. Your writing. Thank you. Thank you. Good night, everybody. Good night.